So at this point, we are deep uh, into this series uh, centering around the issue of integrity. And when people get caught doing things that they're not supposed to be doing, um, things that they know they are wrong, which is why they had kept them a secret and not let everybody know what they were doing, um, it, it's simply a, cis, a, a symptom of um, a gap or a hole in their integrity or a lack of integrity um, altogether. And when we are looking at this issue over the last few weeks, we've discovered that there needs to be a complete demolition and then a complete rebuild for us to be able to properly build our structure of integrity. And and, um, we've discovered over the last few weeks, and I'm not going to really recap very much of it because I could sit here all morning recapping it, Um, So I encourage you, if you haven't been with us for all the weeks, to go back and listen to get some context behind some of this stuff. But um, we've looked at the idea that that God is at work within us. um, And the work that he's doing is difficult sometimes. And that's a problem with a lot of us. That's a problem with our culture because we like quick fixes we like things to be instant. We like to give me a book to read, um, give me a sermon to listen to, give me a conference to go to, and then I'm all good and I don't need anything else. It's all fixed. Um, but that's not the way that God goes about building integrity and character within us. Um, and we had touched a, a f- on our last series about the idea of renewing our mind. And now that's a two-step process. You got to strip away the old and put on the new, and, and I had hit it real quick in the last series, and so I wanted to, those two parts in this series, I really wanted to spend some time on. So last week, we talked about the idea of stripping away the old, and I really encourage you to go back and listen to it, because we talked about some of the lies that lie beneath our actions um, and our fundamental beliefs that cause us to behave in certain ways, that if we don't ever take the time to discover those things, we'll never be able to move forward. Um, and But today, I want to look at the second part, the second action of that, and that is putting on, putting on the new. Um, and, and some of you are going to hear what I say this morning, and some of you are going to be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But that's too difficult for me to do. I, I can't do that. Like, I, I understand I'm not arguing with you that it's not the right thing to do. It's just too difficult. And I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. And I'm afraid that, that most of you will... Um, hear this and kind of continue on with the same methods that you kind of have up to this juncture of trying to be a person of integrity. Um, But they're the same methods that in the past have failed us and have let us down and have caused us to do um, what so much of our society has pushed us towards. And that is to favor um, achievement and fulfillment over integrity anytime we get the option to do that. Um, and you know what most of us religious folks fall back on? And this is, man, I'm getting ready to say something really controversial. <laughs> Stick with me. Don't get up and walk out right away. Um, most of us religious folks, when it comes to this issue, we fall, we fall back on prayer. And I'm, and I'm uncomfortable saying this, but 
the majority of us, we, we use prayer for, um, as a prescription for illness that God never really intended prayer to be all about. There's, a, there's an aspect of that. Um, but, but I've never met anybody, I've never met anybody in my life, well, I take that back, one person. And I've been a pastor for, I don't know, about 15 years now. And I've only ever met one person who, was having, who had some kind of major struggle um, or addiction or uh, character flaw or I- issue. I've only ever met one in 15 years that said, well, I've struggled with this thing and it's had control of me. And it's destroyed my life, it's destroyed marriages, it's destroyed careers, it's done this. And man, I prayed, gone. Only only one time have I met that person. I've never met anybody, I've never met people who are like, yeah, my character flaws, all it took was praying and it's gone. My addiction, you know, I struggled, struggled years and years and years, lots of damage, prayer, fixed. Only one time. And I'm not saying that it can't happen because I've met the one. But what I'm saying is, is it's not normal. It's not normally how it works. There's work to be done behind it. In fact, over my 15 years of pastoring, the people that I've talked to who have dealt with character issues, integrity issues, and addiction issues, and any, any other kinds of issues, in fact, my experience has been that those people probably pray about those things more than any of the rest of us pray because they're feeling the effects of those things in their life. I, I, I've met people that, that, I mean, are just absolutely heartbroken and at their wits end and don't know what to do and ready to give up on everything because they've been struggling, 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 struggling. And they're like, and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying. And it just, things just aren't changing and it's not working and I don't know what to do. And, and, and here's, the, here's the problem. So when it comes to some of these things and when it comes to some of these things, God didn't give to us as our main tool especially when it comes to this area of integrity and being able to choose to do the right thing, which as we've defined as when nobody's looking is integrity, as God determines what the right thing is. To be able to do that, the primary tool to build that within us isn't prayer. Now, here's, what I, here's where I'm afraid. Don't hear me say prayer's not important. That's not what I'm saying. Like, man, I was, I was a little nervous this morning, to be honest. Man, we gave Avril the mic and told her to announce prayer. Whoo! <laughs> like, Avril is like, she's like, she's like prayer, like prayer warrior number one. Like, I mean, she, I was like, man, where, Brad, be ready to play some walk-off music. I'll come up, put an arm around her and lead her off the stage as she's talking about. Like, don't hear me say that prayer is important. But listen, when with so many issues that we have, God has given us tools through which he helps us work on things and build things and develop things. And prayer is one of those tools. The primary tool, and we're gonna be spending several weeks on prayer in the very near future. But the, the primary thing that prayer is used for that, that most of us don't use it for is prayer is to bring us into alignment with God. Most of us use it to get what we want, to ask for things, to bring God into alignment with us and come in on our thing. 
And that's not what it's for. And that's why when we pray that way for what we want, that's why prayer doesn't work so often for so many people because we pray wrongly. And so please, please don't hear me say that prayer is important. Prayer is a part, but we've got tools. And if you just use prayer, it would be the same as if, if I was going to, you know, if I was going to, to do something and, and I needed to hang something up and I had to have like a drill to get the hole started and I needed a measuring tape to know where to put the hole. And then I needed, um, you know, then I needed a soccer wrench because I had to, you know, get, put a bolt in there and get it all hung up right. You know, it takes all of the tools and the tools have to be used for the right things. And if I tried to do all of that with just a wrench, <laughs> like it wouldn't work. And I'd get really frustrated because no matter how hard I tried to make it happen, it just wouldn't happen. Does that mean the, does that mean the wrench is worthless? No, the wrench isn't worthless. I'm trying to use it wrong. And so many times as Christians, when we have issues in our life, we fall back on, well, I'll just pray about it. And we use prayer to absolve ourselves of the responsibility to do a whole lot of the other work that's required to be done, to do things like build ourselves into people of accountability. And so please don't hear that I'm saying prayer is not important. What I'm saying is, is don't fall back on it and then not use this major tool that God has given us to make this change within our lives. So with all that being said, please don't go home and be like, well, my pastor said prayer is not important this week. But what does it mean for us then to put on the new? And how does that work? And what's the tool that we're gonna use? We're gonna look at a passage of scripture in just a minute, but let me give you this definition of putting on the new. That is, especially when it comes to this idea of our integrity and how we behave behind the scenes. Putting on the new, to do that, we're gonna have to learn to counter the specific lies that we are most tempted to believe that are the foundation of our behavior. And again, we went through a whole lot of them last week, a lot of like detail on that. And to do that, here's what you've got to do. You've got to recognize, last week we looked at recognizing the lie. But then to put on the new, you need to, you need to counter those lies that you're susceptible to believing with specific things with specific things, those lies and those information that the misinformation that we've accumulated all our lives, that we're operating under assumptions that just aren't true. If we go through the scripture, there are tons of specific counter arguments to lies that we buy into that cause us to act in ways that we're not proud of and we hope nobody finds out. And this means that This means that we've got to get into the scriptures. We've got to find the counters to the lies that we believe and have based ourselves on. And as we looked last week, it's different for everybody. Not everybody's operating on the same basis of misinformation, but but one of the greatest habits that you can have if you want to become a person of integrity, one of the greatest habits you can have is reading the scriptures. Is reading the scriptures. But it means beyond... It means getting beyond like the, it means getting beyond like the duty of reading scriptures. 
Because some of us get into like, oh, okay, I know that I need to read more of the Bible. And like, for many of us, like the idea of reading the Bible, like that's the goal in and of itself. That we get to check off, okay, I read the Bible. You know, sometimes we might get a plan. All right, I'm going to start this year. I'm going to, I'm going to see if I'm going to read the whole Bible this year. Anybody ever tried to read the whole Bible in a year? Anyway, Yeah, like, so you get these plans, like there's chapters in the morning you got to read and then chapters in the night that you read. And it's like, okay, I'm getting on this schedule. And then you're like in the morning and like, who's got time in the morning, right? Because everything's running behind, especially if there's kids in the house. And then at night you sit down and you start to read and oh my goodness, it's been a long day and I've got three chapters I got to get through before I go to bed. And next thing you know, you like wake up and it's the middle of the night and you're slobbering down your cheek. You only got through six verses and you're like, now I'm behind. Tomorrow I got six chapters I got to do at night. And it just like, and, and it turns the whole f- scripture reading thing into reading scriptures for reading scripture's sake. But if we're ever gonna become people of integrity and be able to counter many of the lies that we operate on, we've got to shift and we've got to start reading the Bible for transformation. Not reading the Bible for reading the Bible. That means we've got to be, we've got to get to a position where we're like, Lord, show me the things. As I'm reading, like, let things become apparent to me. When I read, man, I tell you, there are times that I, there, there are stretches, you know, full honesty. I'm a completely open pastor. I don't hide anything from you. Full honesty, there's sometimes that, man, reading the Bible is a chore. And there are times that I'm pretty sure, no, not I'm pretty sure. I am sure, 100%, that if I wasn't responsible for making a message every week. There are large swaths of time that I'd be like, ah, just not today, I'm too busy. But there's other times that I'm reading and it's like words are coming off the page and smacking me in the face. (laughs) Anybody ever have one of those experiences? You're like, and it's like, oh my gosh. It's, It's like, you're reading and it's like things are just coming out and you, you can read verses that, that you've read a thousand times and you're reading through a pattern and all of a sudden there's a, a, a sentence in there and you're like, wait a minute, I've never noticed that sentence before. Surely that has not, what newfangled version is this? And then, you know, and I go and I look up all the other versions. I'm like, well, I'll be doggone, it's in all of them. And there'll be times that God knows exactly what I need to be paying attention to in my life. And he will just illuminate that section of scripture. And it's, I mean, they can get a little twilight zony, but I'm telling you, I've had the experience. And we've got to get to a point where when we read the Bible that we're asking, God, make these things. Like, Lord, you know the things I struggle with, the temptations that I have. You, you know these things. Make these things apparent to me. And there's very specific passages for anything you're struggling with that will help you to become a person of integrity. And, and there's, there's several verses that as I've come across, I'm like, oh man, this is right where I need to be. I've, I've memorized those things. And I'll be saying them in my mind, especially when I come across times in my life, temptations that I know this is where I'm vulnerable 
This is where, if I'm gonna mess up today, this is where it's gonna be. And I've got that scripture just running in the back of my mind, running, 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 running. And then when I'm confronted with those feelings, when I'm confronted with those lies, those temptations, I have specific truth that I can fall back on and counter. And this is what it means to put on the new, to begin to do work. Because listen, God has given us the scriptures and, and there, there's so many things, but one of the main things that they are is they are an insight into how God views the world and how he operates. And the more familiar you become with that, the easier it is for you to begin to recognize untruths and myth, misinformation and see the actual truth that counters those things. So that's what I mean. But listen, that takes work. You can't just get, you're not gonna be able to just go home and be like, okay, well, we're doing this. And then all of a sudden, whoo, he was right, fixed. It's gonna take work. It's gonna take some discipline. And if you wanna become a person of integrity, you've gotta use the right tools to do it. Now in Matthew chapter four, Jesus models this principle for us. Um, in fact, other than when he was asked to teach about prayer um, and he gave us a model of prayer, this was probably the clearest thing by action that he modeled in his ministry, in his time on earth. And those of you who grew up in church, you know this, uh, this story very well. But stick with me as we look through and find this principle in this, in this passage. Matthew chapter four, beginning in verse one, it says, and then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And that sentence always astounds me because there's some things like we grow up thinking. One, so one of the things we grow up thinking is that, okay, God is always gonna protect me and keep me from temptation. But yet, who led Jesus to the desert? The Spirit. Why? <laughs> to be. Okay, there's a whole, <laughs> some of you wanna be like, okay, I need to understand how some things work. Um, wow, God may lead me into temptation. In fact, there's a really famous prayer. <laughs> Our Father who art in heaven. There's a line in there as you're praying to God. Lead us not into implication being, sometimes God brings temptation your way. I'm not gonna talk anymore about that. You need to deal with that when you go home. But he was, here he's out there and he starts fasting 40 days over a month without food. Now I'm doing, I'm doing, um, I've given up meat for Lent. Well, I'm still doing fish, but like, so I'm pescatarianing it. But like, I've given up other meat for Lent. Like, I'm still getting a lot of food, but like the draw to the meat is amazing. I can't imagine a full on fast for 40 days. I've never, never, nah. some people have done it. Like, I can't even imagine myself attempting that. And so I imagine that as Jesus was led out by the spirit, like, I can't imagine the state that he's in. As he has to fight this physical hunger, this, this thing. And he's out there. And listen, he had to be led by the Spirit because I don't know why anybody would do this themselves if they weren't. And he gets out there. And then, then we have probably what is the biggest understatement in all of Scripture. It says, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, 
he was hungry. And you're like, really? Did we need to write that? I mean, we know. But then it says this, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, let me tell you about these temptations, right? All three of these temptations, basically in a nutshell, they were temptations for Jesus to misuse his power. And listen, Satan was not wondering if Jesus was the son of God. He knew. The temptation was to misuse the power. And all of these, he, he was trying to get Jesus to use his power outside of the boundaries that God had placed on them, right? And, and this is obvious in the first one. Jesus, you have the right, Jesus, to meet your own needs despite what God has told you to do, right? You've got, come on, 40 days with no food. Jesus, that's just ridiculous. I mean, come on. You have the right, you have the ability and the right to meet your need of hunger. Just go ahead, do it, you know? Are are any of you guys ever tempted in that way? Not like to turn bread into stone. None of you can do that. If you can do that, talk to me after service. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get something worked up if you can do that. I'm pretty sure none of you can do that, right? So not tempted in that way, but tempted in the, in, the, in the sense of like, I can meet a need of mine and I know it's not the way I'm supposed to meet it. I know it's outside of the boundaries that God set up, but I can meet a need. Anybody ever have that temptation? Yeah, we have those a lot. All of us do. Many of us face temptations to meet our needs in our own way. And many of us go through life meeting needs in our own way. But look how Jesus responds. And Jesus bowed his head and he prayed. (laughs) No, anybody following along with me? (laughs) That ain't what it says. Jesus's response to temptation was not to pray. Here's what it was. Look at what he does. And Jesus answered. Now, this is the son of God who could have done anything he wanted in the moment. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus is tempted and his response is exactly what the renewing of the mind is all about. He countered a specific lie. That is, you are fully justified and able to meet your needs and you should do it. He countered that with a specific truth from scripture. Now, let me ask you a question. If Jesus, the son of God, the one that we model everything after, if he felt it necessary to resist temptation, to be able to be a person of integrity and do what he knew God wanted him to do, if he felt it necessary to respond with scripture, shouldn't we think that's maybe something we should do? That we should have that truth within us that when we face that temptation, that we face that thing that causes us to wanna give up our integrity for achievement or fulfillment, that we have scripture within us. And, and here, here's the thing, because Jesus, Jesus, he responds with, it is written. Here, here's, what, here's what we respond with. We respond with a lot of like, yeah, I know I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't. See, Jesus responds with, okay, what is the principle? What is the truth? Okay, God's word. Man, does not live on bread alone. It's deeper than that. This is a physical need. He's able to counter that. We're with, I know I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't. And so I'm not gonna not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. And we don't have that based on anything. In fact, here's what we're doing. When we do that and we're just like, okay, I know I shouldn't, so I'm not. I know I shouldn't, so I'm not. 
we are essentially worshiping our own willpower. We're essentially saying, I have within me, on my own, the strength to do this. And so that's what I'm gonna rely on, my willpower, my willpower, my willpower. Man, here's the result of that every time. We follow up, I know I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't with, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. Because our will (laughs) is not good enough. And oh yeah, don't just forgive me, but don't let anybody find out, please. <laughs> anybody throw that one on the end of a prayer ever? Yeah. But Jesus clearly models this, that in areas where we are most specific to fall for certain lives, it's like, no, there are scriptures. And if you spend time in God's word, that truth will come to mind and you can use that to counter the lie and it takes away the power of the temptation. Right, and you know what we would all say if we were able to just get up here and tell our own stories. Some of you, that idea terrifies you. Some of you are like, so when do I get the mic? Mm. But like, if we were all to give our, we'd say, you know, there, there was a time in my life when I was bound to determine to meet my need, my way, and I did it and it came up empty, right? I did it, you know, I got the guy, I got the girl, I got the job, I got the promotion, I got the raise, I got whatever it was that I wanted. And I compromised my integrity to do it. But when I laid down at night, I was empty. It didn't fulfill me. And Jesus reminded Satan of that truth. Here's the second one. It says, and then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. So this is interesting because Satan's like, oh, you're gonna quote scripture at me? I'm gonna quote some scripture back at you. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against stone. He's essentially saying, Jesus, didn't God promise to protect you, to take care of you? Well, you need to prove yourself right? You chuck yourself down off of here and, you know, God saves you. I mean, the people are going to notice. You're going to have all the momentum you need. The undercurrent, the lie that that idea was based on was that Jesus needed to establish who he was through his own action instead of being faithful to God and allowing God to lift him up for people, right? And many of us, we have these same temptations, you know, if you, if, you were, if you were really successful, you would have a something, something, something. I don't know, fill in the blank of what you want. You know, if you were really successful, you know, you, you would own a, you would have a, you would be a, you would be traveling to. We're surrounded with a culture of people who are trying to prove themselves to others through their own means. You know, and most of us, man, we're, most of us, we're pushed to prove something. A lot of us were hoping that would end after high school right? Then you get into the real world. I was like, no, no, still got to prove myself. Once again, Jesus responds with a specific truth from scripture. Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. That is obedience takes precedence over recognition. Sure, I could do this. Sure, people would know who I am, but I'm not here for my own selfish interests. I'm here to obey my father, to do what it is that he wants. And again, we all have stories where we could, we could tell where we tried to impress people. But the devil didn't give up there. 
It says, again, the devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Here, two things. Another, I'm going to throw another idea out there for you to be like, when you're dealing with the God tempts me part of the message. <laughs> Here's another one. The only way this temptation was ever a temptation is if the devil actually had the ability to give that. If the devil didn't have the ability to give that, what's the temptation? There isn't one. All right, go play with that one after church and think about that. But here's what's going on. Satan was offering Jesus a shortcut. Jesus, essentially, this is what you came for, to save this kingdom, right? Yeah. Jesus, aren't these the people that you want to follow you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, aren't these the people, Jesus, that you want to, re, you, they want, you want them to recognize you as the Messiah? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give them all to you. I'll give them all to you. We'll bypass the cross. Don't think that wasn't always in the back of Jesus' head. All that suffering, you know, that part that you're gonna so passionately want to avoid that you're gonna <laughs> literally be sweating drops of blood, praying for it to not happen. You know, that thing, we can, we can skip it all. And you can have what it is that you came here for. All I want, all I want is a moment of your devotion away from God towards me. He didn't even say forever. He didn't even say like, you've got to, you know, I don't worship me forever. Just right now, just right now. Do it. You know what the lie is? under that one? The lie is that you can always, you win through compromise. That you can violate your principles and you could do things against the way that God wants things to be done. And you can still gain what you wanted to gain and nothing is lost. And essentially it's, you can have your cake and eat it too. But as much as, as much as Jesus wanted what was being offered, look at how he responds. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, back to the scriptures, back to the specific truth. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Nothing, nothing that we can possibly gain through breaking fellowship with God is worth having. Nothing. If you have to break fellowship with God, it's not worth having. The money, the positions, the titles, the prestige, the girl, the guy, the accolades, whatever it is, whatever it is, all worthless, all a path to destruction. If you have to break fellowship with God to get it. So let me ask you this. As you think about the temptations and the areas in your life that you're most susceptible to, those areas where you're most willing or likely to violate your integrity. Are you willing to get to the place that when you face that and it comes up, you can be like, no, it is written. Here's the scriptures. Here's the truth that undermines the falsehoods that I'm basing that give this temptation strength. Or is all that... Or, or is all that ever is going to come to mind and you're okay with is, I know I shouldn't. 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 Because the Bible says a transformed life, a renewed mind, 
a renewed mind, the process of taking off old, putting on new. If we aren't involved in that process, essentially what we're trying to do is use a wrench in a way that a wrench was never meant to be used. And we're gonna be frustrated and it's not gonna work. And here's what we do. The wrench isn't working. And then, nah, 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 nah. I give up on tools. I give up on all of it. It doesn't work. No, you're just using the wrong tool. You're going about it wrong. And we wonder because we're gonna be facing something and we're having struggles and we just pray, 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 pray. God, lead me not into temptation. Lead me not into temptation. Lead me not into temptation. Oh no, I'm here. God failed. He led me into temptation. Oh, I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. And we have no other backup on how to do it. And then we wonder what's wrong with God? What's wrong with Christianity? Religion doesn't work. I tried, I tried, I tried. And God's like, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Listen, I put it in there half a dozen times. It's not about going to church. It's not about listening to sermons. It's not about going to the right seminar. It's not just about praying quick prayers that you think are gonna transform you instantly without doing any work. It's about a renewed mind. And because the lies and the temptations that you face are unique to you, you've gotta dig into God's word and find the scriptures unique to your need. I can't just give them all to you. I promise you. If you take an entire year of scriptures that show up on this screen on Sunday morning, provided you come every week for 52 weeks, <laughs> most of you are already like, I'm out. If you take all of the scriptures over the year and that's all you read, you're not going to find what's going to help you become a person of integrity. You're just not because that's not how it works. So let me tell you one of the biggest lies that we face when it comes to this whole idea of memorizing scripture. The biggest lie is, and I've heard this over and over and over and over again, is, ah, Andy, I just can't memorize the Bible. I, I just can't do it. Memorizing scripture, I just, oh man, I've got a bad memory and I, I just can't do it. And many of us believe this about ourselves. How many of you think it would be really difficult for you to memorize scripture? Anybody bold enough to? Yeah, yeah. But just think of all the things that we know. Just, just for a minute. The number of sports stats that I can list from the 1980s is ridiculous. Some of you, some of you, you're, you're into sports. I can start asking you things and you're going to know, Right? Batting averages, who won what championship in what year, passing yardage leaders. We know me and me and my sons, we play a game driving down the road. We'll see a cool car. I'll be like, what kind of car is that? And they're learning makes and models of cars. Tech thinks everything's a Camaro. That's okay. <laughs> but man, I'm to the point at night where I'm driving on the highway and I'll see lights in the mirror at night. And I try and recognize what kind of car is that from the headlights, right? And man, I'm right probably about two thirds of the time. My wife is totally not impressed with my knowledge of what headlights look like. She's not. But we know, I mean, we know all kinds of things. I look at the things, I know, you know, the newest tools and how to work them and sound and lighting equipment. We know all kinds of, I, I man, I was, when I was in a band, there was a dude that he was our sound guy and he was like so into that stuff. We were in a hotel room one night and he woke me up because in his sleep, 
He was talking and he was talking really loud. I'm like, what in the world is he saying? And I realized that he's just listing off specifications of a new speaker that had been listed. He's like, oh, at eight ohms and 135 megahertz, he can do it. And I'm just like, what in the world? You know, just fill our minds with stuff. Tech gadgets. You know what some of you are good at memorizing? You're good at memorizing every single time that your significant other was wrong ever. <laughs> uh-huh. Most of the guys aren't laughing. <laughs> There's a reason for that ever. It's amazing. It's amazing to me sometimes how I can hear people talk about like celebrities' lives as if those things matter to us. <laughs> oh, so-and-so's with so-and-so, and they did this. Did you see that? Man, the things that we fill our mind with. Listen, there's a song that can come on the radio from 1992 that I haven't heard since 1993, and I'll sing every lyric all the way through it. Anybody able to pull up you like junior high, like early high school? Like, hmm, you can fill your mind with that stuff. You can memorize those things. The idea that we can't memorize scripture, it, it just, it's ridiculous because we fill our minds with so many other things. What we're really saying is, I don't want to put in the effort to memorize scripture. Because, listen, the truth is, we know about what we're interested in. We do. So here's, a, here's, another, here's another lie that we find too when you know, well, I just don't think I need to. I don't think I need to memorize scripture. I mean, can't, you know, I can just read, like, I know that I got to do it. I'm praying, God, I mean, and to which, like, man, if Jesus found it necessary to counteract temptations with scripture, don't you think, I think that's a pretty good way to go about it? I think so. So here's your homework. Here's your homework. Well, last week we talked about some of the things we believe that aren't true, and you know what those things are in your life. And you know the temptations where you struggle in areas of integrity. So I challenge you, get out your Bibles this week and open it up before you begin to read. Because some of you, even the task of opening it up and starting to read is daunting to you. But before you even open it up, say this prayer, Lord, will you begin to show me specific truths that address the areas in which I struggle? And if you continually say that before you open up and begin to read, you will find the truth in there. It'll be there. And it may not be the first time and it may take some practice to get into it and begin to dig through it, but it'll be there. And when you find one, write it down, write it on a card, put it somewhere where you're gonna see it, keep it with you and begin to memorize it and say it to yourself over and over and over again because that's what it means to put on the new in renewing your mind. And it's vital, a vital tool to becoming a person of integrity. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your patience with us. Um, when so many times we continue to try and do things our own way, and the results are predictable. Lord, you do not give up on us. And Father, this week I pray, as all of us have areas that we struggle in and that we're tempted 
to set our integrity aside and to break fellowship with you. Lord, I, I, I pray this week that you, you convict us. Let it rest on us. Let us not be able to put out of our minds that we need to begin to become people who find truths in scriptures because you have given us that amazing, amazing tool that helps counter the lies that give our temptation so much power. And Lord, I pray that this week, as we begin to do that, and as we pray, God, show us the specific truths to counter my temptations. Lord, I pray that your faithfulness shines brighter than it ever has in our lives. As your word begins to come alive to us, and we find the truths that allow us to reject those temptations and become people of integrity. Lord, I thank you for your mercy and for your grace. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being out and look forward to next week. We are going to wrap up this series, The Right Thing. It's a